3: Lincoln
0: radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: I, was, I wish I had thought of it earlier. We had the clip yesterday of Ted Cruz on the Senate floor saying, there's not two senators in this room that can explain what Bitcoin is, yet we just passed <laughs> legislation to re- regulate it, which is hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, that, is. you know, that's, that happened, and it's yesterday's news already, that trillion dollars that got spent on, this is the real infrastructure bill, Joe, that t- uh, only 23% was actually infrastructure. The rest was just government throwing money at stuff. They voted overnight on the $3.5 trillion dealio. So we got to turn our eyes toward that already. First hurdle was voted. Wait, what? Uh, The first hurdle crossed on party lines, 50 to 49, with one Republican who couldn't show up because his wife's sick, I think, and it didn't make any difference because if it had been a tie, Senator or Vice President Harris would have had the tie-breaking vote anyway. But party line vote and do the... Where are we headed with all this? Let's discuss
5: with Gary Dietrich, nonpartisan political analyst. Follow him online on the Twitter machine at Gary Dietrich. Hey, Gary, how are you, sir?
3: Well, I'm doing well, but guys, uh, you know, your esteemed uh, executive producer, Mike, did inform me that one of my, you know, favorite educational institutions was, again, slighted uh, in your introduction. (laughs) No, 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 no. We we
5: slighted you, not Harvard. We (laughs) just wondered whether you're a fake rower.
3: (laughs) Thank you for the correction. I want to correct that properly. I'm a fake table tennis player, okay? Not really.
4: (laughs) Uh, Hey, so let's start with yesterday's thing that passed. This is supposed to be the good legislation that, according to the experts I like in the Wall Street Journal, said was only actually 23% really infrastructure, and the rest of it was all kinds of handout and giveaways and stuff like that. Why did 19 Republicans, including Ted Cruz, say yes to that?
3: Well, let's also throw Mitch McConnell on that list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good
4: point. Very good point.
3: So the reason, Joe, I think really it's a long list of reasons, but let's just pick two or three top-line ones, okay? One is um, there are things in there that are going to benefit these guys' states and districts. I mean, you're talking money for roads, bridges, water storage, et cetera, which, hey, California, like a big chunk of water storage, Money right now, but there, there's a lot of reasons that impact them directly. That actually, many Republican senators are very much in favor of. They felt for some time like what they believed to be "quote unquote" true infrastructure did need additional funding. The other reason is the last thing they wanted to look like was complete and total obstructionists on measures like that that are popular with the public. So political reasons as well as fiscal reasons. And then a whole host of others. One, I think, simply politics, an attempt to try to blunt and get some kind of credibility going into this three and a half trillion dollar fight, which, as you rightly note, has now started.
5: You know, Gary, I think you nailed it. I was reading uh, some comments that Mitch McConnell made, and he made it pretty clear that they, well, he said, I've never felt that we ought to be perceived as being opposed to everything. My point is the Senate's never been dysfunctional. It's only caused uh, called dysfunctional when liberals are in the majority and they can't get what they want. So he was trying to establish that the the Republicans are reasonable. They just want reasonable compromises, and they'll vote for stuff if it's good legislation, because he has to establish that before raising holy hell over the three and a half trillion dollar monster that the senate democrats just voted in last night
3: well actually just just to be clear so people understand this is a long and convoluted and so wonkish a a process that started today that even probably half the faculty at my esteemed kennedy school don't understand it but the reconciliation process let's make two quick distinctions here What happened last night on the $1.2 trillion was actual legislation that's going to move forward and then get funding. What happened on the so-called $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, there's a long process of voting that has to happen in order to bypass the 60-vote requirement to end a filibuster. So that, for example, this $3.5 trillion measure can be passed with just 50 votes, Thereby requiring only Democrats. So this opened the debate this morning. This was not a passage of that. In fact, they don't expect to really get to this in any terms of in any kind of a true form that, you know, represents legislation that's enforceable until the end of September, probably at the earliest.
4: So Nancy Pelosi has vowed she will not move on the the first one, the good one the trillion-dollar one, uh, until this other one has passed through the Senate. Do you think she's going to stick to her guns on that?
3: Well, she's under tremendous pressure, Jack, to do so by the progressive winning of her caucus. Good. I mean, they would, I'm glad because they because would, it
4: sounds to me like nothing's going to pass then.
3: Well, not, I don't know that nothing. They're going to take up voting rights and other things. But certainly when it comes to the $1.2 trillion she has made a promise. Now, whether she'll stick to that if the $3.5 trillion gets completely bogged down, we'll see. But she essentially committed to that part of her caucus, probably worried about the you know state of her own speakership. If she doesn't, that she will not take up the big one, or excuse me, the smaller one that just passed in the Senate without taking up the larger one. But that is fraught with many difficulties. For example, just take the one senator who's really going to control the process, Joe Manchin. This is what he had to say, quote, he has serious concerns about the grave consequences if Congress decides to spend another $3.5 trillion. Given the current state of the economic recovery, it's simply irresponsible to continue spending at levels more suited to respond to a Great Depression or a Great Recession, not an economy that is on the verge of overheating, unquote.
4: But don't we have a problem as a nation? It's uh, Joe and I use a, a lot of different examples for this. But, like, if you go to look at big screen TVs, you walk into the place at Best Buy, and you're thinking – you know, a 42-inch TV. But then then you've committed to the 42-inch TV, and it's next to the 55-inch TV, and you kind of think, well, maybe I can do that. And then once you kind of got in your head the 55, the 42 seems like nothing, and now you're starting to look at the 60-inch TV. Isn't that where we are on these numbers? Because a trillion dollars a couple of years ago, the the Tea Party got started on a $700 billion bailout that happened when Obama was president, and the country went nuts and almost formed a new party that was going to, people got elected to office with $700 billion. That's crazy. Now, that's nothing.
3: And remember, Jack, to finish your analogy, when you get to the 60-inch, you have to turn, honey, we need a bigger car in order to get the some let's buy and come back and get the TV.
4: <laughs> but, but that's, that's uh, how it creeps, and isn't that where we are in some of
3: these dollar figures? Well, I, I think we're now into the stratospheric range. Remember, Republicans now have threatened the big hammer. That is, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling for any of this. And 46 GOP senators have already committed to that. So that is going to make things very difficult because if any of this has to come through borrowing, they are saying that is not going to happen. So well, the, let's clarify
5: now. Do up, they need do they need sixty votes to advance uh, extending the debt ceiling? Can Republicans uh, actually block it?
3: You know, I, I believe that is the case, Joe. I'd have to go yeah. back and check that, but I believe I that it is. is the case. But but the, but regardless, remember that. You've got Kristen Cinema from Arizona and Joe Manchin from West Virginia. And I am surprised, actually. I've been checking U-Haul records in California for a long time. You guys have not booked your U-Hauls for moving to West Virginia yet, because I have verified that, uh, despite the fact that Joe Manchin is now a national hero to Republicans. <laughs> yeah. he, he may literally be the single vote that slows down or completely stops the $3.5 trillion. But to your point, Jack, the numbers now are astronomical in many people's minds, and I think it makes it much more difficult in many ways, of course, therefore, to have a real rational debate on the specifics, like in the $3.5 trillion, quickly, for example, pre-community college, universal pre-K, brand new for everyone, all, uh, immigration reform, all kinds of things that are in that current version of that concept, uh, concept bill that people are going to just shake their heads and go, what?
4: So I'm looking at ABC News, and they've got breaking overnight. Senate passes $3.5 trillion spending plan. That's incredibly misleading, right, based on just what you just told us.
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Keep in mind that in the wee hours of the morning when this all happened, guys, there were all kinds of, quote-unquote, amendments to this uh, budget resolution bill, but none of them are binding. Uh, I mean, all the uh, you know authentic sources uh, media-wise will say that, use the words, non-binding resolutions. So, for example, where one of the Republican senators said, well, we got to put a resolution on this bill saying we're opposed to defunding the police. None other than Cory Booker, Democratic senator, said everybody should vote for this. And, in fact, they did. Ninety-nine to zero, up came a resolution saying we shouldn't defund the police because there's politics going on in these non-binding resolutions. We want to go on record, uh, Democratic uh, senator said, to saying we're not going to defund the police. So, to short answer your point, Jack, Nothing was passed today that commits people to anything other than opening the process to a 50-vote requirement for this eventual: Wow se- uh, se- uh, a se- separate
4: bill. topic, but I'm looking at ABC News and they've got the breaking overnight cry on Democrats push through massive budget blueprint. Well, yeah they, they, the blueprint that's, but that's all that happened, and that ain't much. By the way, I've got a, a non-binding resolution to eat better, and uh, it doesn't seem to be. Mm, I had your a big, pants are binding, I had a big, not resolution. I had a Big Mac for dinner. I can't let go of the trillion-dollar thing they passed yesterday. You said, well, you know, it's infrastructure and it's popular and blah, blah, blah. So is that the best we can do in America currently, that 23% of it is actually, if, if, it's, if it's as much as 23% of what they claim it is, that's good enough for bipartisan approval? That's just as good as we can do?
3: Well, keep in mind one thing in terms of new dollars, too, and I think this helps sell it we haven't touched on this yet uh only five only 550 billion of the 1.2 trillion is actually new dollars what do i mean by that the rest of it more than half of it is reallocated dollars ah, good point th- those those already approved through the various COVID packages that which, you know have already been passed, which,
4: which so, while this is you know a good plan, it just shows you how crazy those bills were that they got that much money laying around that they haven't spent, and they don't really think they need it, and they don't want to do with it. So we'll we'll throw it in this bill. It's amazing.
5: Indeed. Gary Dietrich, a nonpartisan political analyst on the line. Gary, we're we're about out of time, uh, but do you share my concern about uh, Joe Biden's move uh, a couple of days ago saying? Uh, essentially we don't have the authority to extend the cdc's uh, eviction ban we just can't the supreme court has ruled specifically against it we've consulted experts we don't have the constitutional authority but we're going to do it anyway because it'll take it a while to get through the courts and we'll be able to dole out some money in in between i mean isn't that specifically violating his oath
3: well you know i'm not going to try to play constitutional scholar here, here because i went to the kennedy school not the harvard law school but i will say this that was a great example of the political conundrum facing Joe Biden because, as you know, Joe, he got tremendous pressure from the progressive wing of his party to, in, to extend that ban. But he, his own folks inside the administration said, we have no legal authority to do so. So they had to pretzel twist around in order to find a way to make that happen, at least in the short term. I mean, this, is, this portends a lot of these kind of things you're going to see going forward. Biden is between the proverbial rock and a hard place when it comes to politics inside the Beltway. Follow Gary
5: at Gary Dietrich on Twitter. Uh, Gary, good to talk to you. Thanks a million.
3: Okay, guys. Talk to you soon.
5: I, I, I wanted to let him get off the phone. Uh, impeach Biden now. Impeach Biden. He's <laughs> violated his oath to the Constitution. He has done something he admitted was unconstitutional uh, and put him in, in leg irons right now, drag him to the Capitol and, uh, and impeach him.
4: Well, I feel like I—I I feel like I ate my spinach by paying attention to that uh, legislation for as long as I did and being upset about it, before I go back to doing what I and most Americans do—is like, what are you going to do? You know, talk about the Vote. bachelorette. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, but man, those are some big numbers we're throwing around—just crazy numbers. Go
5: get yourself a wheelbarrow to carry cash around in to buy goods in the future when hyperinflation
4: uh, comes to visit. Oh boy, well that's a good one, huh? Uh, Sean Penn, the actor, calls for mandatory vaccinations Finally, the actors are standing up for this Um, uh, (laughs) more, More on the way of something
3: Armstrong and Getty What do you get when the mayor of
5: Flavortown hangs out with the cool kids from Motor City? You get yourself an apple pie hot dog. First, pie crust. Kind of roll that out into a rectangle, and then some bacon jam. Getting your bacon nice and crispy, and then cooking it down with a little brown sugar, a little honey, and apple cider vinegar. Apple pie filling. I imagine you probably have an awesome apple pie filling that your grandma used to make, but if you want to get that canned stuff, it's fine to use in this regular hot dog. I'm going to brush the edges of this with some egg wash, and you're going to have to stretch that top piece because you got to work over the top of that hot dog. Give it a little crimp, raw sugar, a little pie spice on top of that. Pop it in the oven, 350, 18 to 20 minutes. Here's the final steps. 50-50 apple pie filling and yellow mustard. Some
6: crumbled bacon. And there you have it, the apple pie hot dog. Oh,
4: so, yeah, we... we and we, I love you. We oh. <laughs> Thank you, Governor Cuomo. We played that yesterday and we were discussing it. It all sounded like... Man, I want to eat five of those right now until they mention the yellow mustard with the apple pie filling. And I can't quite make those flavors go together in my mouth, but I'll take his word for it. Yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it oh, before I, I order yeah, it. It's mustard. I had a Big Mac last night. Remember we talked about Big Macs yesterday, and I knew I was going to eat one. Couldn't, couldn't no stop boy. myself. had one for dinner. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty good sandwich. Wow.
5: So if I mentioned like an entire smoked hog. Are you going to eat one of those tonight? Or? To
4: all be patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. That's what a Big Mac is. Good stuff. You know, my
5: only uh, quarrel with Guy Fieri there is uh, <clears throat> him saying regular hot dog.
4: Eh, one of the great pleasures of, of uh, attaining non-poverty is I eat good hot dogs. We're Oscar Mayer people. Oscar Mayer hot dog with French's oh my mustard. Oh, God. Every, a- on every on Wonder Bread. Absolutely. Every time we have hot dogs. And they're great. I'm shaking my head sadly. So i gonna get into your weird, sad. whatever kind of Nathan base age. Nathan's hot dog. Hebrew,
5: Hebrew <laughs> national. Good quality. Little less I and R's H. All right. Little less lip and 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 bungus. All right. God, be good to yourself and eat real bread. Wonder bread, please.
4: Uh, I like other hot dogs. It's just my kids prefer the plain Oscar Mayer. I will. I would. I would. I would grab the Nathan's or whatever myself. But I'm never going to break from Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread is the best bread, or
5: Rainbow, whichever
4: one. They're in the it's same. It's not package.
5: even bread. It's it's, it's <laughs> just chemicals molded together into a loaf shape and then sliced for rubes to enjoy. It's terrible
4: <laughs> God for love. rubes. And you wrap that around your eyeballs and ahs. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and put mustard on it, French's oh, mustard, that's a, that's and you got a delicious meal right there. Um, for, some some, for some reason, more people are gambling than ever at casinos. Some of them out of the COVID has got, you know, crime up. Everybody's going crazy on airplanes, and we're gambling like crazy. And uh, one of the big viral stories of last year, completely different than you heard it again. Doesn't surprise me.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call
6: 1-800-GAMBLER. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer
2: And on Hypocrisy Watch now, Michigan Democratic Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib danced without a mask during an indoor
4: wedding Sunday, the event occurring in a county where the CDC is calling for indoor
2: masking. This happened as Congresswoman Tlaib criticized Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul after he encouraged Americans to resist new CDC guidelines.
4: It's amazing how many of these officials have the view of, well, I... I can make the determination based on a particular crowd or setting, whether or not it's a good idea, but we can't let other people make that decision. So no. I, I can go to the French laundry and eat, or I can go to this wedding, or I can have the backyard birthday party, or I can do whatever, because I, I'm, I'm a different sort of person. But normal people shouldn't be making this decision on their own. They
5: literally believe that they are smart and sophisticated enough to run their own lives, but you are not.
4: Yeah, which is yeah, so the the whole the whole premise of a of a self-governed people is that we're all as a whole smart and sophisticated enough to govern ourselves. But the a lot of the governing class doesn't believe so. They believe they are, but not us. Well, why
5: do you think millions and millions and millions of people voted for the guy from the apprentice? Because years, decades of contempt from the elite classes left them wanting to put a thumb in
4: their eye. We got a clip coming up. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some mask um, uh, craziness and yelling and screaming and people really getting worked up over whether or not they got to wear masks. You know, I don't, these things go together. There are going to be books and scholarly papers and probably a syndrome named for what's going on in America right now. The fact that homicides are up so much, crime is up so much. We talk about Chicago all the time, but in Oakland, Homicides have jumped forty seven percent in twenty twenty. Um how and and gambling is up at an all time high. Those have got to be <sighs> related. You know, the, the 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 mayhem on planes is up. All that stuff's related. But suicide,
5: drug overdoses. But nobody's exactly
4: sure why. There's something going on there. Like I said, they'll name a syndrome for it someday. On the gambling Everything is Sucky syndrome. Or Pent up I don't know. Uh, I don't feel like I've got it, although I came into work every day during the entire pandemic, so I don't I didn't have the I wasn't alone I wasn't in my house for a year like a lot of people were. Maybe that makes you crazy. I don't know. Data released Tuesday by the American Gaming Association, the Casino Industries National Trade Group, showed that America's casinos had their best second quarter in history, taking in thirteen point six billion dollars. So that uh, nearly equaled all the revenue from 2020. That doesn't really mean much because everything was closed. But they're on track to break the 2019 record by a lot as the highest grossing year for gambling. So what is going on? I don't know. Uh, Many gamblers say they're just happy to be able to visit casinos in person this year. Okay. Pent-up need to gamble, I guess. Some people have a pent-up need to punch a stewardess. Other people have a pent-up need to shoot somebody on the corner. Y'all uh, have a pent-up need to gamble. I guess. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about a, uh, it. That was the sound of a slot
5: machine. Is that what that? Was I saying? mean, I I enjoy games of skill and chance myself uh, on occasion, and I I think it might. I think the gambling thing is different. I think that is an avenue of recreation and excitement and fun that was open before ball games and. Uh, and, and, and and big crowd get conventions and auto shows and the rest of it. I just think it was available. Um, but that's a guess. That's a guess. I don't think it's tied to the murder thing, per se. Okay. I don't think so. Some might say, well, gambling is reckless behavior. I'm just trying to think what was available to do and what wasn't. Um, and, of course, that varies county by county, month by month. So Anyway, that is interesting, though. Uh, we're setting records in everything all the time. Government expenditures and suicides. I mean, these are odd times. Very odd. You also have uh, two billion-year-old boulders being removed from college campuses because they were once referred to with a racist name in the 1920s. So, very strange.
4: Target <clears throat> and, Target is going to pay for your kid to go to college, so uh, stay tuned for that.
5: Retroactively? Well, really pretty interesting idea. Do I just ask the checkout clerk for it, that? It was the so that's probably the service counter.
4: It was the understood you, not you particularly. No, damn it! I don't think they can help you. They can help me. Let, let me know when you got something that helps me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So
5: we all remember the Karen, the middle-aged white woman. Oh yes, who Karen's- was chewing? Who was chewing out the black bird watching fellow in Central Park?
4: Oh, that particular Karen. Okay.
5: Yeah, confusingly enough, both these people's name last name is Cooper. Um, that didn't but, help anything. No, but it was right after the George Floyd video came out and oh, shocked the world.
4: Right. It was the that was the timing of the whole thing. It showed Amy,
5: the white woman, engaged in an argument with the man holding a camera who it turned out was named Christian, he's a black man and a bird watcher.
4: And stayed Amy- very calm as I remember.
5: Amy is handling her dog. Christian is asking her to leash it. She says in an agitated tone that unless he stops filming, she will call the police and tell them an African-American man is threatening her life. We see her call emergency services and claim in an increasingly distressed tone that she is being threatened, indeed, by an African-American man. Christian remains calm and keeps filming. Uh, Barry Weiss uh, wrote about this, by the way. When the video was published, it went viral. The story, obvious. Amy Cooper, a banker, using her middle-class white privilege to incriminate an innocent black man by inventing a threat and performing distress. Her action was even interpreted as a threat on Christian's life via the proxy of brutally racist police. The story was told with minor variations by the New York Times, The Guardian, and every single mainstream news outlet. The opinion columnists piled on portraying the incident as a microcosm of America's racial justice. By the way, Nicholas Sandman is listening to the show right now saying, oh, I know where this is going. They describe Amy as a Karen, a pushy middle-class white woman who deploys a racist system for her own ends. Uh, They even, in some accounts, compared the incident to Emmett Till, a black boy who was brutally beaten and murdered by Klansmen. while the police turned a blind eye uh, back in the 60s, early 60s. Emmett Till? I want to
4: say 1961. I was going to say. It, s- forgive me if I'm wrong on that. I was going to say 62. I'll look that up. Doesn't really yeah, matter, but it's just yeah, a, it's a no. trivia question. The, the story is horrifying.
5: Right, indeed. And, and, and an important one. Um,. Yeah. So uh, what if any of the news organizations reporting on this video had switched the angle, had asked questions, they might have discovered a different story in which the good guys and bad guys are not so clear cut and there isn't a gleaming moral to be extracted. But I, I love this line, but none of them were interested in doing so since the story appeared to capture the cultural zeitgeist so perfectly in their vernacular of British tabloid hacks. It was just too good to check. So, Barry Weiss and Kameli Foster
4: uh, have looked into it and written about it. Too good to check. That's, that's yeah. I, I've come across stories like that, but not of importance. You know, if it's just silly and funny, I think, I don't even want to know if it's real or not. I just want to run with it. It's too good. But not of something right. that's important to society. Right.
5: But like the Nicholas Sandman, look at that face. You just want to punch him. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For daring to smile at the poor, innocent Native American man with his racism. Amy Cooper was walking her dog early in the morning, wandered into a secluded part of Central Park. There was nobody else in sight. She let her dog off the leash. Suddenly, she heard a man bellowing at her. She turned around to see the man acting annoyed with her. When she failed to comply immediately with his instruction to leash her dog, he made an ambiguous threat. He said, if you're going to do what you want to do, then I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but you're not going to like it. Amy was trying to process this when the man did something weird. He uh, And by the way, uh, that he says that that very quote in his own Facebook account of the incident. That is undisputed that he said that. So the man then took some dog treats out of his knapsack and started to call her dog over to him. In his other hand, he held a bike helmet up in a way that made Amy wonder if he planned to attack her dog or her with it. We don't just have her word for this, by the way. Christian described himself threatening her like this, exactly those words in his Facebook post prior to the video going viral. In fact, this was not the first time he had used this tactic. Amy had accidentally walked into the middle of a polarized battle between dog walkers and bird watchers that had been rumbling on for years in Central Park and, indeed, other other parks uh, across the country. Dog walkers v. bird watchers did not know that. And in New York, Christian was known by locals as one of its most energetic combatants. He tracks down other dog walkers, including a black man who got almost exactly the same treatment from Christian right down to the gripping of the bike helmet and who found it intimidating for the same reasons. So there was a black man with a dog who's like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing to my dog?
4: He's threatened. So he's hoping to make it just as uh, unpleasant enough experience with just kind of vaguely threatening that you'll stop walking your dog over there and interrupting his bird watching.
5: So it would seem there are no accounts of him actually smashing a dog's head with his helmet or anything like that. Um, But you wouldn't walk back over there again. I wouldn't. Then uh, in this uh, this article, who wrote this? Ian Leslie, I think, uh, wrote, Of course, for a woman alone, there is an extra dimension of peril. Amy, who was a victim of a sexual assault while at college, was not performing distress. She was absolutely terrified. She was by herself in a secluded place with a hostile man who was acting erratically and threatening her. Put yourself in her position. How would you feel? From this angle, the moral polarity of the story seems somewhat different. It starts to sound almost like a "Me Too" incident—a man using his physical, superior physical power to dominate an isolated woman. If you're not going to do what you want to, or if you're going to do what you want to do, then I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and you're not going to like it. The news media did not even try and see it differently, however. Journalists accepted Christian's account of the incident uncritically and were uninterested in Amy's version. When the New York Times reported on the story, they did not include the words he said prior to the clip we all saw, even though they had access to them, and he said he said that.
4: See, that's egregious. That's egregious. Like, Like I said earlier, I'm all for leaving stuff out of a fun story if it's just a fun story to make it more fun. But not on something that's, you know, going to carry the weight of this. You can't just ignore things to make the story better, New York Times. That's weak. And then the, the journalist
5: says, and I agree completely, the point is not that actually Amy is good and Christian is bad. It's that this incident's been portrayed as a simplistic morality tale when the reality is much more complex and nuanced, and that this was a failure of journalism. It absolutely was. A. Again, And then the the giants of journalism
2: can't believe they're
5: shocked, they're hurt, they're betrayed. When, whether the topic is COVID or vaccine or masks or whatever, when people think, I don't believe what you're telling me. In fact, you know what? My reflex is to disbelieve what you're telling me until I can prove otherwise. And they are just horrified and dismayed and confused why people act that way.
4: By the way, Emmett Till was a lot earlier than we thought 1955. He was a 14-year-old who supposed, supposedly whistled at or said something to a white woman in her family's grocery store. He was lynched and killed as a child. Um, uh, eventually, it was determined that he probably didn't do anything. Um, but, you know, the lynchers in those days didn't care. The point was to send the message that anybody else who ever thinks of doing this sort of thing, don't do it. Or you
5: have no power and no rights, more broadly. That's the, yeah, that's
4: an awful story.
5: Yeah. While I'm doing, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and and one of the points of not doing what the mainstream gasoline-on-fire-throwing media does is it makes you cynical when you hear, Accounts of racism, the same way, like sure. the activists who put a noose on campus or spray paint racist graffiti because they're so against racism, they want to show everybody racism so they can be against racism, and they make it up. It it makes you cynical. It's like calling everybody a racist all the time, like the Ibram X Kendi's of the world, the critical race theory people do when they mean they just want to take power. It's made people cynical about actual racism and actual you know opportunities for people of color and the rest of it. They're just
4: it's it's evil. While well, we're mentioning something heavy, uh, Christina Applegate, the actress, one of the funniest uh, people around, um, she was really underrated as the daughter in Married with We're uh, Married with Children. You know, because mm-hmm. she had such a small, tight role. But then she goes out to do uh, you know amazing things, including. Being the lead role in Anchorman, which is she should be famous for. Anyway, she, And dead to me, which is terrific. She should. Uh, she announced yesterday she got a multiple sclerosis diagnosis. That has got to be one of the more unpleasant things that could happen in your life. Anyway,
5: yeah, all the, the treatments are pretty decent these days. Um, I hope it, so. You know, for, for some people do pretty well, and we certainly hope she does. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, so, it's not good news.
4: We got one example of uh, some craziness in one town over mask and how, how angry people can get if they're told to wear masks. We'll uh, play a little of that for you, among other things, on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy,
2: places
3: The Armstrong and Getty show
4: I'm Drowning in paper for some reason today and I can't uh, organize myself. I need an assistant. Um so this uh, audio you're about to hear, David French tweeted this out.
2: We know who you are.
4: Wait, 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 wait. wait. I'm going to set it up. i got to tell people what it is. Um, David French, who's been on the show many times, works for the Dispatch. He tweeted out, this happened in my county last night. Pathetic. So this is in his, his hood. Uh, and He was retweeting somebody named Natalie Allison. I don't know who she is, but she said, this is the parking lot after a school board meeting last night in Franklin, Tennessee, the wealthiest place in Tennessee. Parents harassed medical professionals who had spoken in favor of masks in schools. You'll hear one guy say, "We knew where and we know where you are. You can live freely, but we will find you."
2: We know who you are. We know who you are. Keep it calm. No more masks. Keep it calm. Keep it calm. No okay. more We're masks. We're on these guys' side. They're no, side. no, they're not. They're not no, on no, our side. police are on our side. The police are they on are our side. it's calm down. Yes. Calm down. We, we know, who, we you know who you are. We know, we we know, know who, are. who you are. We know who you are. You can leave freely, but we will find you, and we know who you are. You will never be allowed in public again. You will never be allowed
3: know who you are. Let him
4: out. Let him out. So in the, 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 the video is it's it's a pretty ugly scene I mean you, you could call it nut picking to a certain extent that is when you pick a nut and make them you know speak for an entire group of people because there's one guy doing all the screaming we know who you are and where you live and all that it's sort not, of stuff. it's not not the most elegant term I've ever heard by the way nut picking but go on. It's a bad habit. Um, <laughs> people will stare, but oh, it's just, just, just no. Uh, there was, it was a, I mean, the, the looks on people's faces and everything. They were, they were happy to have him speaking for them. The crowd that was with him, yeah, uh, outside the windows of the the these people who are saying, "I think we ought to wear masks in schools." Now, maybe you disagree with that, but what is going on? I just, I, what is going on?
5: I just think people are feeling bulldozed now, on I, you know on all sides.
4: You know, I could I could have gotten that. I would never get. I don't think I'd ever get to the point where I'd say I know where you live or know where you are. You you can leave here freely, but wait till you get home or something like that. I'm not going to actually threaten them, but I could have got that mad over closing the schools, denying my kid an education when I've paid for it. I mean, that's a big deal. But if you're going to make my kid wear a mask at school, I'd rather you didn't. But eh, you know, that's just where I am on that. I just I don't I can't get quite that worked up about it.
5: Yeah, I know. People, I just uh, the the whole mask thing is crazy. Uh, you can find I can give me 10 minutes. I will find you a a well-written scholarly article with citations and links that has masks are useless, masks are slightly useful, masks are medium useful, masks are mostly useful and masks are wonderful. Yeah, which do you I, want? It, Yeah. Which one do you want? Because I can find it. And and y'all send them to us all the time. Say, guys, why don't you do your research? Look at this. Yeah. See, we look at the broad range of stuff. And there are several questions related to covid that, A, you can find all those wildly varying so-called authoritative opinions. And, And secondly, you know, a lot of the people who are the alleged authorities, have been fudging the truth because they don't think we can handle the truth, or they've had a particular cause, or they wanted to impugn a certain politician. It's it's just nobody,
4: I have no idea what's right and who's telling the truth. By the way, we should talk about this more. This college professor that they arrested in California, college professor arrested Saturday, they believe he started seven fires in california including maybe this big dixie fire which is now the biggest fire in the state's history this college professor's name is gary maynard uh, somebody, i'm sorry gary maynard gary maynard some people looked okay. into it and he's highly rated a, a whole bunch of, of reviews you know because you can review professors a kid saying he's the best professor they ever had but he was a sociology professor phd in sociology Santa Clara University in Sonoma State. He started the Sweet Sweetfire Fire, Bradley Fire, Cascade Fire, a whole bunch of different fire scenes started. Armstrong and Getty.